Hello, beloved. Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 42, The Key to Happiness. I hope this episode finds you well and enjoying your summer. I'm praying that you've been focusing on getting good sleep, taking time to celebrate yourself, and investing in your relationships and friendships. I think we talk a lot about how cutting out toxic people from our lives helps improve the quality of life that we have, but it's also important to know that investing in good relationships also improves your quality of life. So call or text someone you haven't spoken to in a while, and it doesn't matter if they haven't hit you up. Let them know that you miss them. Now, unless that's your ex, leave that clown in the past, okay? (laughs) Um, A big shout out to all of you that participated in the podcast giveaway. I selected two winners from people who left comments on iTunes for the My Strength of My Shield podcast. Now, the packages have been shipped and one of the winners has already received her package. I'm so happy for the love and support you guys have poured out onto the show. I'll be doing more giveaways, so if you haven't done so already, head over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and comment. It helps the podcast grow and it also puts a smile on my face. And there's also something to celebrate on this podcast. This is actually the two-year anniversary of this podcast. I started this podcast July 31st, which is when I'm recording and releasing this episode, two years ago, exactly two years ago today. And it's interesting how a podcast that was kind of just an idea that I had in the back of my head that I didn't really feel like I was qualified to do, and I was like, God, I'm not really, I'm not a pastor or a minister. I have no qualifications to be doing a podcast. (laughs) But God always calls you and he qualifies you. He doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. And what that means to me is that I had this blog and I had this idea of wanting to continue the conversations I was having on my blog with this podcast. And after two years, such good feedback, so many opportunities to fellowship with all of you listening. So if that's not a reason to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I don't know what else is. Help me celebrate this two-year anniversary of the podcast by showing some love on iTunes. And I also hit a milestone on SoundCloud. We recently hit over 10,000 listens on SoundCloud. So I'm definitely going to be doing a giveaway. I just have to figure out how to do that logistically in terms of what you would have to do to enter so that I have your name and your information. But I'll be figuring that out. So much to celebrate on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Also, the episode before this one, episode 41, is an interview with my boyfriend. I've said it before, but even if he wasn't my boyfriend, I would want him in my life because I'm so inspired by him and the work that he does. So go ahead and take a listen to that episode and get a glimpse into this guy that I love so much. As the podcast grows, there's more and more opportunities for you to get involved. I don't want to list them all. I know this part of the (laughs) beginning of the episode tends to get really long, but there's so much going on. Be sure to check out the show notes for the shows, Instagram, Twitter, the website, and also information on my ebook, Take Care, Beloved. There's also a link to buy some great Bible study plans and accessories, not through me, but through a company called The Daily Grace Co. I love using them. I purchased some of their Bible studies as part of the giveaway to give away to some of you guys. So I definitely think you should check them out. And there's a link to that that will be in the show note as well. I want every episode for you to walk away with tools and resources to help you grow spiritually and to continue to focus on your self-care. Remember that at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com, there are worksheets that go with every episode. There are over 30 worksheets that have self-care tips, Bible verses from each episode, and just information about the conversations that we have. If you need some inspiration or motivation, feel free to head over there. 
Now, the topic of today's episode is the key to happiness. And I think you'll be surprised by what the answer is. I won't keep you waiting for too much longer. But as always, before we dive into the word of God, the topic of discussion for today, let's begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this sacred space. There are so many things that we could be doing right now. And a lot of us are listening to this podcast episode multitasking. We might be cooking. We might be cleaning. We might be driving. But even as we're doing other things, we're still focusing our heart on you. Allow us to not be distracted by the things that call us away from serving you. Allow us to not be distracted by a world that tells us that we need things in order to be happy. Allow us to turn to you for that answer. Allow us to turn to you when we're feeling low. Allow us to not sweep under the rug those days when we're feeling lonely or depressed or anxious and that we know we can always cast those worries onto you. I pray that any person that listens to this podcast finds a word in season with what we're talking about today. We're coming from all different backgrounds, but as we're here together, fellowshipping with you, I pray that you give us a word in season that hits us in the heart, that equips us for the world that we live in. We're called to not separate ourselves. We're called to live in this world, to serve and to be there for others. So help us do that, dear Lord. Give us the tools to navigate this difficult life. Help us to use this sacred space as an opportunity to get closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For the first part of the podcast episode, this is our spiritual care section. If you're new to the podcast, and I know we have a couple of new subscribers, welcome. On this podcast, it's split into three separate portions. The first portion is the spiritual care. The second portion is the self-care. And at the end of the podcast, I answer a question from someone who sent in a message to me. So for this part of the podcast, as I stated before, there's always a worksheet that goes with the episode that can be found at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. There you'll find the Bible verses as well as the tips for the self-care section. So I was listening to a sermon by Joyce Mayer. And I love Joyce Mayer. If you're not listening to her and you don't know who she is, I suggest you go ahead and Google her right now as you listen to this episode. And as I was listening to the sermon, she said something that hit me like a ton of bricks. She said, you are unhappy because you're selfish. And I say it hit me because the words felt harsh, right? I thought to myself, a person can be unhappy for so many reasons. They can be unhappy because they've gone through some things and life is tough and all of the reasons why a person could experience pain or disappointment. But it's often the words that hit you the hardest that have the most truth, right? Like it hurts because it's true. Joyce Mayer is a woman who was sexually abused by her father but she's talked constantly about the joy of seeking a relationship with God. And she's endured a pain that no one should ever have to go through, but she's able to find joy. She's able to find joy in what I'm going to call the key to happiness. The key to happiness is service. Serving others, helping others, being there for others, investing in others. We are selfish, period. It's, why don't I have that? Or why don't I look like that? Or why does she get to be married? What about me? Or I'm a failure, I'm a loser, nobody wants me. There is a culture of complaining and being in misery's company with other people who like to commiserate. We like to think about all the things that make our life awful. 
but it's clear that people, particularly in the West, forget about the pain and suffering all over the world. We forget about the fact that even as bad as we have it, there are still others who have it worse. Now, if you're saying to yourself, yes, Nisi, there are terrible things going on in the world, but what, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean I should be ignoring my pain? <laughs> no, beloved. You know, you know that I'm always telling you that your feelings are valid, that you should invest in your spiritual and self-care. That's what this whole podcast is about, healing you from the inside out. But I want to ask you, do you know why we're called to heal ourselves? Why we're doing this work? Because God has work for us to do. And being too burdened by feelings of feeling inadequate will stop you from doing God's work. I promise you, even in your mess, even as you're working your life out, even when you're at the lowest of the low, you can still be a blessing to somebody else. And your acts of kindness should not be random. Each day, you should seek out ways to be a blessing to somebody else. That joy, that sense of fulfillment, that sense of purpose is key to happiness. And if you want to know what your purpose is, and I'm telling you, I get a lot of questions about how do we find our purpose and, and how do we know when we're doing what God has called us to do? I will tell you right now, your purpose is to use the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given you to help others, period. That's what we're here to do, okay? That is the essential purpose that will guide you when you're picking your career, when you're picking your partner, when you're picking school, or even when you're picking your friends, right? And the reason why I say that is because if you're oriented around how can I help somebody else today, you can figure out if the relationships you have are toxic because if it's exhausting you to the point where you can't help others, then you need to get out of that relationship. Or if you're at a school that isn't conducive to helping you grow so that you can help others, it's not giving you the classes you need, it's not giving you the advisors you need, that can also help you pick the place you need to be, whether you need to transfer or whether or not you need to seek counsel from the dean of students so that you can get the resources that you need. And then obviously with your career as well, not every career has to be the most fulfilling job in the world, but if you can't find a way to have this job serve others and you're not finding an opportunity to express yourself in a way that glorifies God, then that's a sign that you're in a place where you don't need to be, okay? If you put your purpose to be, how can I help somebody today? You will find joy and happiness. It's not going to erase the days when you feel low, but serving others and giving glory to God will give you the highs you need to get through those tough times. Now, we're gonna turn to the scripture and I'm gonna give you a couple of Bible verses that's gonna help us to think about this conversation about serving. First Peter 4, verse 10 through 11 says, as each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything, sorry, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. I'm going to read that again. As each gift has received, as each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good steward of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word of God is our handbook to live life. It gives us structures on, and instructions on how to order our steps. 
A lot of times we focus on sin and we think that sin hurts God, but in reality, sin hurts us. When we disobey God, God knows and he loves us anyway. So as a Christian, you shouldn't be thinking, oh, if I make a mistake, God is going to hate me forever. No, that's not what sin is about. We're all sinners. We're never going to be perfect. Let's just get that out of the way right now. The thing is that sin separates us from God and obedience gets us closer to God. So fundamentally, when you follow what the Bible tells us to do, it's an opportunity to obey God and then to get closer to God. And that's how we enjoy the richness of life. So when we obey the word and we use our gifts, like it says in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, when we use our gifts to serve others, we represent God and are able to get closer to him and thus, you know, closer to our purpose. I want you to take a moment, right, as you're listening to this podcast, think about yesterday. Were there moments where you could have helped someone, but you didn't? Were there times where you had opportunities to be a blessing to someone else, and you look the other way? Or were there times where you intentionally helped others? How did that make you feel? The Bible tells us that when we serve, God supplies the strength to do it. A lot of times we feel like we don't have the resources or the energy to be there for others. We have so many other things going on in life. We have to get ourselves together. You know, they always tell you, you gotta love yourself before you can love others. But when we lean into that purpose, God gives us what we need. God will never call you to do something and not give you the resources to do it. So if we're called to serve, God will provide a path for us to do that. It might take a little bit of creativity. You know, you might be working, you know, at a, a retail store and thinking, um, okay, I know I'm here to say, how may I help you? But I hate this job. I don't want to be here. This is just the job that I'm doing until I get to my goal. There is still an opportunity for you to serve somebody. A smile is a way to be a blessing to somebody. Kindness, when they're used to dealing with um, customer service people that are rude, you can be a blessing. Even in times when we feel miserable and we're not happy, God will provide a path for us to do what he's called us to do. Now, of course, serving others will require energy and you shouldn't exhaust yourself by being there for toxic people who hurt you. And that's, you know, the Bible is very clear and it gives us instructions about boundaries. But the energy it takes to help others is a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice that's pleasing to the Lord. Don't avoid doing good just because it's hard. The challenge and the triumph over those challenges is the blessing. Okay? So we, you know, serving others is not just a suggestion. It's a calling. You're called to do this. It's an instruction. And it's something that you should be seeking out in the different aspects of your life. Moving on to Galatians 5, verse 13 through 14, it says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. God does not bless you just for the sake of being blessed. When you're blessed, it's not because you deserve it or that because you're more holy than somebody else, you get the blessing. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're not getting blessed just because you go to church. You're not being blessed just because you pray. You know, your blessing is not a reward for doing what God calls you to do. 
We're called to just do what we're supposed to do because God says so, as in obedience to God, of what I was talking about before, that obeying God gets us closer to him. But God gives us instructions, and we have to understand why we're called to do that. And God blesses you so that you can help others. You are not just here to, to rack up accolades and money and success. That's not what you're here to do. You are blessed so you can help others. Now, our faith in God gives us freedom. It gives us freedom from shame and guilt and worry and fear. Those are all burdens that we can cast on the Lord. And so that's why as a Christian, there's a certain joy that should radiate from you because you know that even as low as you feel, everything is forgiven. So being a Christian gives us freedom from those burdens. But that freedom is not just so we can do whatever we want. That freedom where we know that our sins won't keep us from heaven isn't permission to be a sinner and live without consequences. We are called to love our neighbors. We are called to serve, to, to commit to being kind and a light in this dark world. Serving others is living our purpose. I think we make life a lot more complicated than it has to be. We're expecting a letter to come in the mail or the voice from a burning bush to tell us what God has for us. It's not hard to discover what we need to do as soon as you crack open the word of God. Serving others is living in our purpose. We crave success when God actually calls us to serve. That's why we're constantly in conflict. Society and social media wants you to feel inadequate and to paralyze you with feelings of not being good enough so you can buy what they're selling. It costs you nothing to help others, to say a kind word, to volunteer. And we have lost the concept of community. We live in a society where it's all about what we want. And I want us to recommit to serving others. The idea of service and submitting to helping others has gotten such a bad name. And I understand that because the idea of submitting to someone opens you up to being oppressed. And we have systems like sexism, racism, homophobia, where that kind of vulnerability is opportunities for people to hurt us, right? But when we're serving in a way that's like you're filling a need, you can still protect yourself and make sure that you're not overextending yourself. But it's important that you understand that there is a benefit to cultivating a community. When we're talking about the civil rights movement, when we're talking about the battle to fight against apartheid, when we're talking about um, you know, members getting together to fight for equality, it was not just, I'm fighting for equality for myself. I'm fighting for the person next to me. That's the meeting of an ally, right? It's not someone who's just here to glorify themselves, but it's someone who might not even, I'm not even going through what they're going through, but I want to be there for them. That I, as a Christian, I've still gone to pride parades because I want to support the people who need that love and support, okay? It's important that you understand that there is value in building up a community. It's not just about you. And like Joyce Mayer said, we're unhappy because we're selfish. I find fulfillment and joy in helping other people. So when we have that freedom as a Christian and we have those blessings, it's not just for us. It's not just an opportunity to, to gratify and glorify our flesh and to make us feel good and to give us a pat on the back. No. The fact that we are blessed is an opportunity to serve other people cannot forget about your neighbor. You cannot just only focus on your immediate circle and the people you know. It's so easy to serve people who are nice to you, who are kind to you. You have to submit yourself and understand your purpose. 
for example, you know, many of you know I'm a criminal defense attorney. Um, I'm a public defender in Brooklyn. And what that means is sometimes I get clients that are really grateful and they love the work that I do. And when I'm able to get a case dismissed or when I'm able to go to trial with them or when I'm able to advocate on their behalf, they'll turn to me and they'll say some of the kindest words that keep me going. There are other times when I have clients that are rude, disrespectful. That even though I've gone to law school and I've been practicing as an attorney for years, they question me and they say, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And they're so disrespectful. Now, obviously, I create boundaries. I'm not one of those attorneys that's going to beg you to be my client. I will quickly say, if you don't want me as your attorney, go ahead and go hire one. But if not, I'm here and you're going to have to treat me with respect. So don't worry about that. Nisi's good on that part. But... I also understand that I can't go to war with every client because when I'm meeting my clients, it's often on the worst day of their life. The first time that I meet them is the first time that they go in front of a judge. They're hearing the allegations against them. They're hearing conversations about um, plea deals and bail and whether or not they're going to lose their job. There are people who lose their jobs just for being accused of a crime, even if they're not convicted of a crime. So I'm often meeting people on the worst day of their lives and I see myself as a servant to them and understanding that I have to still treat them with kindness. I have to be the kind voice in a system where the judges are against them, the prosecutors are against them, the court officers don't care and they're only there to collect a paycheck and get that overtime. And I'm saying this because I just came out of night court yesterday. I worked <laughs> 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. So that's what's fresh in my mind is understanding that you can meet somebody on their worst day and still be there to serve them and be kind. You can still have an opportunity to use that inner joy that you have. And it's interesting the way that people's whole attitude will change when you meet them with kindness. Being kind to other people is an act of service because when we're arrogant, we can come off and I can meet your energy. You know, if you're negative, I can match that energy. I can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. But if I humble myself, if I remind myself everyone is just trying their best, that even when they're being angry, it's not about me. It's about whatever's going on in their life. I can serve them by being a kind voice in their life. That is an act of community because I'm representing black and brown people in the criminal justice system. I see it as... I'm going to be a positive voice and I'm going to help them. It's not just about my job. I get paid whether I'm rude or whether I'm nice. But I choose to be a positive light and I'm telling you people's whole energy, they'll come into the holding cell and be loud and crazy and F the police, I can't believe I'm here. And when I come with them and I say, Mr. Such and Such or ma'am, I understand that you have a lot of energy and that you're very frustrated and I'm sorry that you're here but allow me to help you. Let's get through this interview so I can get you out of here and in front of the judge as soon as possible. And if you meet them with that kind of compassion, you don't just say, yo, why are you so loud? You don't have to scream back. You can have that same calm disposition and it changes people's perspective. And that is how they find joy and compassion. I share my joy with them. And then when they know they have someone who's fighting for them, they find a joy even in the worst times, okay? In Acts 20, verse 35, it says, In all things I have shown you that by working hard is the, this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is bl more blessed to give than to receive. The Bible doesn't just suggest that we help the weak. It says must. Take some time and honestly look at yourself. Are you plagued by feeling like you don't have all of what you want? 
Do you have moments where you doubt God because he hasn't given you what you want when you want it? Are you self-centered? Take this opportunity, this episode as an opportunity to do an ego check. If you're listening to this podcast on your iPhone or on your computer, you're already in a position of privilege that many people in the world would never dream of. Now, this is not to dismiss your challenges. This is a call for you to put it into perspective. You should not live a life where you just expect things and when you don't get it, life is unfair. No, you expect nothing. And then when you get a blessing, you celebrate. It's not just better to give than to receive. It is blessed. You are blessed when you focus on giving. Now, it's important that, again, I have to instill that I'm not telling you don't take care of yourself, but I want you to remember why you're taking care of yourself because it's an opportunity to serve others. Are you self-centered? Are you, you know, subscribing to YouTube channels and, and Instagram and it's all about beauty and it's all about fame and you're just looking at all these famous people and these rich people and then you're feeling inadequate and you envy their life and you're not focusing on serving others? Are you self-centered? Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God and use this as an opportunity. There are people in the world who are weak and you have to serve. It's not all about you. And there is joy in giving to somebody else, in recognizing that it's not just about you, extending the love that you have towards other people. And I'll also say, if you're a person that's maybe working on loving yourself, some of the best things that you can do is love on somebody else because it'll remind you of your capacity to love. It'll help you to know you have value, you have purpose, you're here for a reason. This kind of interaction with other people is a reminder and an opportunity for you to step outside of yourself. In Matthew's 28 verse 20, sorry, in Matthew's 20 verse 28, it says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm always going to remind you to remember our faith. Don't just be a Christian for the sake of being a Christian. Know the fundamentals, know what we worship and the God that we worship. Remember the God we serve. Remember that Jesus came to this earth, King of Kings. He performs miracles. He's able to change lives, heal the sick, bring the dead to life, feed the masses. Now think what would have happened if Jesus was selfish. He would have had servants instead of disciples, adorning him with gold and lavish gifts. He could have charged people for their healing, set up a little tent, and made people have to sacrifice to him in order to get what they want. But that's not our God. He lived a life that was humble. Many times when he did miracles, he did it in private, telling them not to spread the word. He faced persecution and still served the Lord. And when he lost his life, he served us. As a Christian, you need to know the foundation of our faith. It is not in glory and blessings and the things and praise. It is service. The key to happiness is service because when we serve, we're most like God. We are sinners, we are imperfect, and we're always going to mess up. But the ways that we're the most like God, we're most in line with what he has for us is when we serve, is when we love, is when we have these relationships with others, even if they're strangers, and we use it as an opportunity to bring joy into people's lives. 
This is what I want you to remember. That is why we're always going to be in conflict with what society wants and what God wants. And then we as people of God have to parse out what is important, what is noise, and what is the voice of God. God is never going to say, your purpose in life is to get money. Your purpose in life is to be beautiful. Your purpose in life is to, you know, get all of these things and to hoard it for yourself. That is not God. So if that's the voice that's in the back of your head, you need to check yourself because that is not a voice of God. That is the voice of yourself and your selfishness. We're called to serve. And when we live in our calling and we live in our purpose, we find joy. That is the message that I want to have for you today. Um, and I'm not sure if you think that, you know, it's a little bit unexpected that this is the way the key to happiness is, but I bring it up because there are so many people in the world going through so many different things, having dealt with trauma, and they still commit themselves to helping other people. It's not an excuse. I'm, it sounds harsh, but I think that if you have a calling over your life, you know that you have a responsibility to serve. And it's your job to eliminate the things that stop you from serving God. That's why we eliminate sin. It's not because we want to be holy and perfect. We eliminate sin so that we can clear ourselves and have it as an opportunity to serve God. Eliminate the things that are stopping you from serving God when it comes to relationships, when it comes to job, when it comes to distraction, when it comes to social media. Get rid of all the things that make you feel like you can't serve God. Get rid of all the things that stop you from having a conversation with God and praying to God and opening your heart to him. Get rid of all of it and allow yourself to be used as a vessel. Allow yourself to feel value in the work that you can do for other people. It feels good. It feels good to be there for other people. That is the key to happiness. Service is the key of happiness. self-care section of this podcast, I want to continue the conversation that we're having about service. Now, we are called to serve others because the Bible said so. So it's not really about just the benefits, right? You're told to do something, you do it. You do it because obeying God gets you closer to him. But I also think it's good to think about the benefits of serving others because it can help you to find that motivation to do it. That's what we're going to talk about in the self-care section, as well as some ideas on how to serve others in a more tangible way the benefits, and then also how do you get started serving other people. So I wanna to talk to you about five different benefits to serving others. The first one is more happiness, right? And we talked about it in the spiritual care section, but the physically, the release of good chemicals like dopamine when we help others, it can help you feel more tranquil and peaceful and warm, and it helps you feel love. When you give love and you receive it back, it feels good. Okay, and that can just lead to overall good feelings, good vibes, and just an increase to your happiness. The second thing is that it reduces stress. When we serve others, it reduces stress. We live in a society where the world is chaotic and there's so much outside of our control. Helping others helps us to feel empowered. Like there's one thing we can do and that's help somebody. So when you're hearing about the news and Donald Trump is an idiot and the world is falling apart and you can't trust your neighbor because you found out they voted for Trump and they're trying to tell you that blue lives matter. All of that craziness. It helps you to reduce stress when there's at least one thing you can focus on. I don't know what the world is doing, but I can volunteer this weekend. I can do a little bit of good in this dark world. 
The third benefit to service is relief from pain. It gives us a chance to focus on things that are other than what's wrong with us. And there was a study done by pain management nursing that actually showed a reduction in physical pain when people volunteer. Now, again, I don't want to be ableist and just say that you need to get up and do something. There are different ways to serve people that don't require you to move a lot. So it's the, the benefit of the pain management is the idea of focusing on other things helps you lessen the physical pain that you feel, okay? Number four is that serving others reduces some symptoms of depression. Depression causes us to be isolated from others and to focus on things in our head. Helping others pulls us out of the darkness and allows us to continue to build relationships. Now, it's not a cure for depression, but it can provide relief from those isolating dark feelings. As a person who suffered from depression, I know that I tend to isolate myself. You know, I don't answer phone calls. I lock myself in a dark room. If you have a time commitment of serving other people and you know that once a week you have to do such and such or you commit yourself to doing something once a week, it can pull you out of the tendency to just be dark and on your own, okay? The fifth benefit, and this is a way that's very tangible, the fifth benefit to serving others is that it benefits your career. Now stay with me. A lot of people have struggles figuring out what they want to do with their career. Volunteering is a great way to be there for others and also to discover new passions. Push yourself beyond the idea that you should only do things if there's a paycheck attached. I started volunteering very early on, um, and when I was in high school, over the summers, I would volunteer at Brookdale Hospital in Brooklyn. I had my big pink blazer, and I would come in, and I would help out. Um, I at first helped out administratively, and then I, I helped out in the NICU um, and helping out with babies, newborn babies. I learned that I didn't want to be a doctor, <laughs> but it helped me so much when it came to writing my resume and applying for colleges. If you are in college and you haven't had a job, you should be looking for volunteer opportunities in college. Like, don't wait until, you know, the, the summertime and you realize you don't have a job. If you don't have a job, that doesn't mean don't do anything. Okay, in college I had three work study jobs, but I also volunteered with my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I did campus kitchens, which is where we prepared food for the less fortunate. And also I did Delta Academy, which is where we mentored young girls and we talked to them about life, but also the STEM fields. This experience helped me because it pushed me to learn how to communicate and also showed me the importance of service and gave me an opportunity to interact with people who need help. I grew up poor and when I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that when I was in a position of privilege, like being in school, like being an attorney, I wanted to help other people, that I didn't want to just rack up degrees for no reason, right? So even now, I still volunteer by helping out with law school mock trial competitions and I serve others through ministry work at church and even this podcast. This podcast is an act of service to you guys. You know, I don't get paid for this, <laughs> but I do it because I, I think it's a blessing to share what I'm going through with my life with you guys. And it feels good to serve others, to be there for you, to fellowship with you. And there are ways for you to find that same opportunity. You can use the things that are around you to serve others, but more tangibly, it benefits your career when you're able to write something on your resume and you might get career skills from volunteering. So even if you don't have a job, you can volunteer once a week, twice a week, even locally, so that you can get that work experience and help you on your path to getting more skills and more opportunities to serve. I also wanted to provide you with like some other ideas of how to serve. In addition to volunteering, there are other ways that you can serve people. One way is you can send a care package to a friend who is far away. 
I've had friends, when I was in law school, I had friends send me a care package and it, it brightened up my whole day. I've even had friends, um, one of my friends, Abby, she once sent me a kite. Um, she loves kites and it was a blessing to have her share that passion with me as well. You can just put a smile on somebody's face and just send them a gift. I thought of you and here, here it is. You know, even if somebody lives in the city, but you haven't spoken to them in a while, you can send them a letter, um, you know, a thank you note or an I miss you or a postcard. You can just use the mail as a way to let people know you miss them. And a care package is a way to really just like, you know, it's an act of service because you're spending your money to help somebody else. And that's a way of serving them. You know, maybe if you have a college kid who's on their own, a lot of people like to talk to college kids and say, well, what are you doing with the rest of your life? You can send them, like if it's a sibling you have or a cousin, you can send them a journal, you can send them um, some tea or some coffee and say, I know you're going through a struggle, here are some things, let you know I'm thinking of you and here are some things to help you on your journey. A, a, a care package is very sweet, okay? And I've sent them as well. I remember I had a friend who was alone on Valentine's Day and I sent her a care package to let her know that I loved her. You can also, another thing you can do to serve is you can donate clothes, books, non-perishables to shelters by you. Um, once a year or twice a year, my mom and I take a lot of items that we have and we donate it to the Salvation Army. I know that some people have issues with the Salvation Army. Um, you can always donate to Goodwill. Either way, um, the organization isn't my concern. My concern is making sure that I'm able to give clothes to the needy. Um, and because I, I've been losing a little bit of weight, I know that I'm able to donate larger items to people, you know, plus size women, um, plus size suits. And I know that that is something that's very much in a need. And for people who are trying to get a job or trying to get on their feet, one of the hardest things to do is to find suits that are not extremely expensive. So giving my clothes is an opportunity to help others. You can also become a volunteer tutor. You can look into local organizations, or you could even just reach out to your school. You know, if you graduated from high school and just say, hey, um, I'm in college now, I'm studying English. I know that English was one of my favorite studies when I was in high school. And you can just ask them for if there's anyone that needs some help. Another way you can help is, do you know anyone who's a new parent? Some people experience a lot of the postpartum depression after the first month that the baby is born because in the first month there's gifts and visitors and celebration, but then when it starts to peter off and there's not as many people coming, they're by themselves raising a kid. Maybe stop by, visit them, bring them some food, offer them a break, babysit somebody's kids who you know might be going through a tough time or have difficulty finding a sitter. You can do it for free. You don't have to, you know, just be like, hey, I'm not doing anything this Saturday. I know you guys need a break. You want me to babysit your cute little chubby baby? It's a it's a blessing. They'll they'll have such a relief having that kind of assistance that doesn't cost them anything because childcare is super expensive. You can also help your family. Are you in a field where you specialize in an area that might help your family? Are you someone in the finance sector that can give ideas and advice on finances? Are you a nurse or doctor that can help with, with health advice? I know for me, I end up being the family lawyer. And sometimes it can be annoying because I feel like I should be sending them a bill. But within the ethical grounds, to the extent that I can help, I pray on it and I help them. You have talents and gifts, not just to help strangers, but to help the people around you. And I think one of the things in the black community you know, that we struggle with is that we don't often leave a legacy um, to help people be successful. So if you can just look around your community and, and give them some resources with your family or the people that are immediately around you, that can be a blessing. Another way to serve someone is to just listen. Sometimes just being there for someone who is hurting is a way to serve. You don't always have to give advice. 
If there's someone you know who's going through it, you can visit them or give them a call and you know, just say, you were on my mind today, how are you doing? You'll be surprised how many times I've made a call like that and it's in the middle of somebody going through a storm and I had no idea. I've had it happen where I called somebody and they're like, I'm so grateful that you called me. See, I've actually been going struggling with my anxiety again. Or where I reached out to someone and I found out that they didn't put it on social media but their grandparent had passed away. So me just checking in on them let them know that somebody was paying attention and that somebody loved them. Another thing you can do as active service is you can write to your congressman or make a call to your representative. It's another way to serve your community by making your voice heard. And I know that in this political climate, it sometimes feels like your voice isn't being heard. Um, making phone calls to your representative. I interned for Hillary Clinton back when she was a senator. I've been involved when Barack Obama was running for president. I know that political activity, it actually does matter when you reach out to your representatives. It's all being tallied up and it really does change. Even if you're in a state that typically is blue and you're a Democrat as well, you still wanna let your voice be known because as we're getting to the elections, you want your congressmen and your representatives to know that you'll elect them again if they you know, stand their ground. A lot of these Democratic um, senators and congressmen are trying to appeal to you know, Trump voters and they're trying to have those Trump voters come onto the blue side and they're bending what they're trying to say to try to get those voters. You wanna show them that if they stick to their guns and their principles and they focus on things like immigration and healthcare for all, that you'll still vote for them, okay? And of course, I'm making the assumption that you're a Democrat or that you're a liberal. Would you be listening to me if you weren't? <laughs> if you're a person who's conservative, give me a call. You know, not a call. Send me an email. I'd love to have a conversation with you. I don't know a lot of conservatives people, so I know that that is my um, blind side. I don't have a lot of, I don't know a single person who voted for Trump or who is a, a Republican. But if you're one of those people and you want to have a chat, Nisi's here to have that chat. But I am going to assume that if you're here, you love self-care, you love people, you love God, you want to be a part of a party that serves others. And if you're thinking about service, it's the Democrats, okay? Getting off my soapbox in five, four, three, two, one. There are a couple of websites that I want you to go to, and I'll leave them in the, um, the worksheet for this week. There's different websites you can go to. I've used idealist.org, and that's a great way. I've used them for jobs as well, but Idealist um, also has a lot of volunteer opportunities. You can go to createthegood.org, all one word. If you're in New York, you can go to newyorkcares.org slash volunteer. You can also go to volunteermatch.org, cityharvest.org. Specifically, if you're in Brooklyn, you can go to dogoodrighthere.org or wecarebcs.org. And again, I'm gonna put all of that information on the website, you can head over there. The good thing about these websites, specifically I know volunteermatch.org, you can put in the kind of volunteer opportunities that you're looking for so you can get an email alert when those opportunities pop up. So that's especially good if you're someone that doesn't want like a long time commitment, but you just want to, hey, it's the summertime, I have a little bit more time, let me volunteer. You can get email alerts to let you know about those one-time opportunities, okay? Now, just as a heads up, some volunteer applications can be quite intensive. If you're dealing with kids, many of them will require background checks and others may require an interview or that you explain if you can invest the time and the role. Um, but just because the application process is a little bit more intense than you would think, like you're, you know, I've had times where I'm like, why are you asking for all of this? I'm just trying to interview. I mean, just trying to volunteer. Just give me the opportunity. 
But remember, a lot of these places, um, they might be getting government funding, so there might be certain requirements that they have to fill. Other places might also just want to make sure that you're invested, especially if it's a time commitment kind of thing. So they wanna separate the people that wanna do a one-off opportunity versus a full six-month commitment, okay? So just because it's intensive, don't let that scare you off. Anticipate that and understand that it's, it's for a purpose, right? However you do it, take some time to think about how you serve others. See the opportunity to bless others as a calling from God. If you have time, use that time to glorify God by blessing others. If you have finances or things to donate, donate, use it to glorify God by blessing others. I, you know, I think it's important that you understand the benefits to serving and the benefits to helping other people because I want you to feel good. The whole purpose of why we take care of ourselves is so that we can feel good and do the work that God has called us to do. For the last portion of the podcast, I want to answer a question that was sent in to me. You can send me a message either through my Tumblr, which is yourbigsisnisi.tumblr.com, or you can always shoot me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. And if you send me a message on Tumblr, you can always just write for the podcast. But I often just answer questions that come to my blog that I think would be great to share on the podcast. And this is one of those questions, okay? So I got an anonymous message that says, hi, Nisi. So this is the first time in my life that I'm not, quote unquote, speaking to anyone. Absolutely not one guy, but I'm still thinking of a guy, so it's bittersweet. I'm trying to learn more about myself, but I feel so empty not having the presence of a man. I receive no texts, etc., and I keep checking my phone hoping for something. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to just stop and just let go, let live, and let me be. It's so difficult. And this was my response, and I'll go into a little bit more um, as well. My response was, you need a hobby, hun. Dating was what you did to pass time, not really to build something or discover something about yourself. Dating was something to do. Find something else to do. Get passionate about working out or spending time with friends or trying new foods and cooking or get into writing. If your hobby was dating, it's a pretty boring life to have. So do some interesting things. You don't worry about your phone being dry when you have fun, you're having fun in your own life, okay? I think a lot of times feelings of loneliness is really just being bored. I think that a lot of times, and I'm gonna speak from my own experience when I was younger, there were times where it was just exciting to get a text message from someone, it was cute, and especially if they told you that, told me that I was pretty or you know we had something to do and places to go. Understand that for a lot of times, dating to date becomes a hobby and then you feel empty afterwards because you have nothing to do. And sometimes, in, I'm, I'm not a person that believes in coincidences, right? I'm a Christian. I think a lot of times God will have you end a relationship to show you just how boring you are. You don't do anything. You go to work, you go home, you go to school, you go home, and you hang out with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You're boring. <laughs> and then when you get that part of your life and it's taken out and you're like, who am I? What do I do? It's an opportunity to recalibrate and to refocus and to do some interesting things. It's a big wide world we have out here. It's the summertime. Go to music festivals. Go to free events. Try something new. Try a cuisine that you haven't tried recently. I still have to try Nigerian food. One of the things that me and my boyfriend love to do is to go to new restaurants. We literally text each other, oh, we got to try this place. We got to try this food. 
even if he wasn't my boyfriend, when I'm not hanging out with him, I still take myself out on dates. I still go ahead and go to restaurants and I eat by myself all the time. You don't need a relationship to live your life. And I know that we're hearing that all the time. This is not to be dismissive of times when you're genuinely feeling lonely. If you have a heart that is for compassion, where God is leading you to say that you wanna be married sometime, sometime, I can understand that tug and that feeling of loneliness. Even in a relationship, you have moments of loneliness, okay? So that's why you have to focus on what do you turn to when you're lonely? Because having a relationship is not gonna solve the fact that sometimes you feel empty. So when you aren't in a relationship, God wastes no time. This is not just you waiting for the next opportunity. You should just be waiting by your phone and being mad that your phone is dry, watching other people live life. That is boring. You're not called to be here on this earth boring. We live in 2018. There's free stuff going on all around the world. There's things you can do, people to meet. You don't have time to be boring. You don't have time to just wait around for you know some guy to be there. I also wanted to talk about another question that was sent in to me that's very much along the line. And the question was, Nisi, how do you not let romance get in the way of self-love or self-growth? I see you're in an amazing relationship when, um, where it appears a lot of happiness comes from you, but of course also you're very self-aware. I was wondering what advice would you give someone who is single and is looking to be with someone yet who also doesn't want to rely on romance or feeling fulfilled or truly happy. I know the latter isn't right, but I still have yet to truly believe that. You know, so the first question is, you know, I'm single for the first time and I don't know what to do with myself. This question is, I'm single, I know that there are things that I should be focusing on even when I'm in a relationship. So I see this question as preparing for when you're in a relationship and you wanna make sure that you're not just being swallowed by the other person. This is the question you ask before you get into a situation where you realize that you've only been dating back to back to back and you've done nothing else that's interesting. Okay, that dating has become your hobby. So when you're not dating someone, you don't know what to do. You ask this question, the second question before then, and you think about it's important that you date with intention. It's important that when you're dating, you still have purpose, that it's not just willy nilly and good vibes. Like you should still be dating with intention. And I'm not saying that every person who dates needs to be preparing for marriage, but you should be dating with intention. And that's how you make sure that you don't waste your time and waste somebody else's time. So my question, you know, I answer the question is, because the question that they're asking is how do you still not just focus on the romance of a relationship and you still focus on self-growth? That you don't have to, her question is how do you choose between romance and loving yourself, right? My answer is the thing is the deeper I fall in love with this man, the more I feel like myself. The way that he loves me keeps me encouraged and seeking better for myself. Like I'm proud of me, but the way he roots for me and makes me feel even more empowered. It doesn't have to be either romance or self-reliance and focus on yourself. A love where you feel encouraged can push you in ways more than you can believe. His love isn't the basis for my ambition, but his encouragement works with my ambition to help me on my path. I would encourage you to ask yourself why you get into relationships. If the answer is so you're not alone or to fix your insecurities, you run into a situation where your whole life is centered on your relationship. But if the goal is a partnership with mutual effort, love, support, the relationship will be both romantic and also help you on your path to self-discovery. Both of these questions I, I'm answering because the message here is that when you're in a relationship, that can't be the sole basis of your identity. The most interesting part of you should not be your relationship. And if you're in a healthy relationship, being with them will help you feel like you can do the work that you're called to do. 
this is how you can steer clear of toxic relationships and not even toxic relationships because I think the bar that we have for disrespect is way too low. A lot of us tolerate people who mistreat us just because they're not putting their hands on us or they're not cheating on us or they're not lying to us. It's good enough to just have a person that's there. I would encourage you to dig a little bit deeper that the person that you're with is supposed to be a partner and a helper. So the way that I described it is in my relationship, and that's not to say that we're perfect, we've had our ups and downs, we've been together for six years, so obviously there's gonna be challenges, right? Um, and we're not married with kids and we have our own things that we work out and the blessing is that for the most part, for all of our relationship, honestly, that it's been rooted in making sure that we're okay. Like we've had situations where we're having arguments and we get off the phone because we know the other person has to go to work. You don't wanna be in a relationship where it's like the other person is selfish and so you become absorbed in them or you don't know how to function when you're on your own. It creates a dependency and even if the relationship doesn't end, it can cut you off from friendships and doing interesting things and discovering the path that God has for you. A relationship can either be pushing you towards God or it can be a stumbling block. And it can be a stumbling block just by being a waste of time. So that's why I encourage you to seek purposeful relationship, to take stock of where you are. You don't need a really big reason to end a relationship. It doesn't have to be, he cheated on me, so now I have to go. You can simply say, this is not working. What they're requiring of me is taking too much out of me, so I can't focus on the other things that I have to do. If you find yourself in a situation where the only time you go out is if your boyfriend hits you up or your girlfriend hits you up, and then on the weekends when they don't, you don't know what to do with yourself, that's a problem. Because that means that your entire life is centered around one person. And that stops you from developing your own sense of self and a relationship with yourself. And the other thing about it, especially if you're a Christian, you can begin to worship the relationship when the relationship is not centered around you being in a position to do the work God has called you to do, you end up worshiping the relationship. Your beginning and end is the relationship instead of the alpha and omega, which is God. Your beginning and end is whether or not this person is there. So I'm not here, you know, when I say that your life is boring, I'm not here to be mean. I'm just saying if, if when you take the person you're dating out of your life, you're not doing anything, that's a boring life to have. You don't need someone else to be there. So whether you're a person that realizes you're a serial dater and you're on your own and you're feeling lonely, you don't know what to do with yourself, you can recognize that dating was a hobby for you. Now you need a new hobby, you know, take up knitting and, and get an Etsy page, make some money off of that knitting. You know, go to fairs, go to, to free events, hit up some friends that maybe you haven't been paying attention to because you're the friend that disappears every time they're in a relationship. You know, there are things you can do. And if you're a person that's waiting to be in a relationship, you can check in with yourself and develop those passions and hobbies now so that when you're in a relationship, you're bringing something interesting. You know, if you listen to the last episode, one of the things that my boyfriend loves is jazz music. Now, it's not my cup of tea, but when he shares his passion and we've been to the jazz museum together in Harlem and we've listened to jazz music together in D.C., it becomes this shared opportunity. So my passions and the way that I share the things that I love with him and he shares the things that he loves with me, it makes us both rich. If you're a person where the only thing you do in your relationship is you go out, you go to the movies or you eat and then you have sex, that's a very boring life. It's, it's a boring life. You're called to do more than that. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to say that God is making you listen to this episode right now to remind you that you're more than just that. You're more than just waiting around for someone to date you. There are so many things you could be doing with your time, beloved. So that's it. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. 
be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a comment. Help me celebrate the fact that the podcast has happened for two years. This idea that was just in the back of my head has now become a full-on conversation. And it's still, you know, a makeshift operation. It's just me, my computer, my microphone, my headset. I've had an opportunity. It's been amazing two years. Opportunities to interview people. In addition to my boyfriend, I interviewed Danielle Martina from Tumblr and Jerry Fertillis from What We Wear to Church. We've had opportunities to have, I released the mini episodes, the mini shows that I put out. Um, Hello Beloved, which is just like the small conversations that we have. We've done giveaways. We've hit over 100 comments on iTunes, 10,000 listens on SoundCloud. We're doing big things out here, and it's all to glorify God. To God be the glory. I want you to know that I'm praying for you, that when I answer your questions, I pray about them. When I talk about something, it's because there's something on my heart, and I know that there's someone out here who has it on their heart as well. My job here is only to serve you. And if there's things that you want me to talk about on the podcast, you can always send me an email, strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to talk about. If you're someone that wants to collaborate, maybe you have your own podcast, maybe you have your own YouTube channel, you can always reach out to me. Um, there's a couple of collaborations that I've already done and I'm looking forward to doing more of that as well um, if you're in Brooklyn and you know I'm opening myself up if you ever want to talk I'm here you know which is a weird thing for me to say as I have it come out of my mouth because I'm an introvert <laughs> but I am interested in building a community I would like to eventually somewhere down the line take this community out of just being my podcast and maybe having meetups maybe meeting up at a coffee shop maybe going to events together We'll see where it takes us, okay? So the sky's the limit whenever God gets involved. Um, I want to encourage you to make sure that you're focusing on yourself and also doing the work so you can get to okay, so that you can do what you have to do to serve God. Make sure you're taking care of your mental health. Don't be afraid to talk to a therapist or a doctor. Don't be afraid to talk about things like medication. Don't be afraid to go to your pastor and talk about things. Don't be afraid to get involved in the church. Until the next episode. Take care of yourself.